It's Victory Monday, November 20th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, a guy who's still a little queasy about hearing the phrase, I put mayonnaise in my coffee, J.P. And welcome in. It is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. Busy two hours ahead from the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center after a Jaguars win over the Tennessee Titans 34-14. Lawrence and the offense playing well. The defense certainly handled their business against Derrick Henry and Will Levis. The special teams groups delivered as well. We will keep it real. And Fanatics fan questions coming up in the second hour, as always. A dominant performance from the Jaguars. Well, the quarterback was getting a little criticism after last week's performance against San Francisco. After the game, though, Lawrence isn't worried about the outside noise. I mean, I'm not thinking about any of that stuff. Uh, I could care less what those what those guys say, to be honest. Uh, that's really my only response to that. You know, it, it doesn't matter. You know, if those guys think I'm – the best thing in the world, it doesn't matter either. Um, so that doesn't really matter. Love Arden, a former teammate. Hurts that he said that, but no. No, I really don't. I don't care. You know, it's about how you perform on Sunday. And, you know, it's not about what other people say, but you want to change the narrative and change the narrative and play better. So that's the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, JP Shadrick, Tony Baselli in Jacksonville, the Hall of Famer. And Pete Prisco is down in South Florida. As always, it's Victory Monday. And, Pete, they responded. They certainly did after last week. Well, the quarterback responded, which was the most important thing. And you know what? What guys were saying about him, including myself, that was not inaccurate. And he knows it. And they know it. And that's why they went in the last – When you say what you were saying and others were about him was not inaccurate, like I'd like – I'm not – I'm actually not even arguing with you yet about that. You're trying. No, I'm not. I'm really not. I'd love to know what you, because you say a lot, getting, and I say a lot. His, he wasn't getting off his first read quick enough. He he was taking the easy throws and passing on the on the throws down the field. And again, we talked about it all season. I said it long before anybody else said it that they needed to get the ball more vertically down the field, and he wasn't doing that. And for whatever reason, the play calls weren't being called vertically enough down the field. And so I think it's a combination of everything, Tony. And he wasn't the same guy. He For a couple of weeks, he hasn't been the same guy. Now, they let, they let it out last week that some of their play calling has been influenced because his knee brace is on and he hasn't been the same guy. And so, yeah, that's taken into consideration. But I thought on Sunday it was better. Across the board, it was better. The throws were going down the field. They didn't run 62 bubble screens. I think they only ran two. And it was just better, and he looked much more comfortable. Why are you shaking your head? Oh, it took you about 30 seconds to get the bubble screen reference in there. Mm-hmm. I was, that's all. It's fine. Well, am I not wrong? Am I wrong? Um, they were definitely more vertical. It was interesting as I think about it. You know, Zay Jones was back this week. Mm-hmm. Last time Zay played was when? Buffalo. Buffalo in London. They were more vertical that game, too, it felt like, too. If he I'm, didn't finish the game, but yes. Um, Seems like it. I don't know. I mean, they've said a lot. I mean, you combine that with the injury that Trevor had, and Doug came out last week that it hampered or at least it uh, influenced how they called the game. Um, we've heard 
from everyone how critical Zay is in the overall, you know, what they want to do offensively. Maybe the combination of both getting Zay back and Trevor feeling better, maybe that was it. I mean, I, I guess my they, point is – pe- But they also got a little creative with their pass routes on Sunday. A little – you know, like – But maybe, maybe they – But, Pete, maybe they do that because of having – Ridley and more comfortable doing certain things with uh excuse not Ridley with Zay Jones in the game yeah but Zay Zay wasn't exactly the the vertical threat he was running a lot of crossers and stuff it was and and they got Ridley on the vertical stuff out of the slot which was I I liked I thought that was good so yeah it, it was better it was better the the plan it looked better it looked crisper it looked more it looked smoother it looked more like it, like we expected the offense to look. Now, there's still some hiccups in it, and we'll go through the hiccups. You know me. I'll pick out some hiccups every time I watch the tape. But, um, Shocking. I, I, like, I like what I saw. I, I, I thought Trevor was looking more like Trevor on Sunday. I mean, he played – I mean, listen, I thought he played much better. And I, I like what he said. Um, it was similar to what I said during the pregame, JP, when we were talking. The only way you can change the narrative is on the field. Talking to it does not change one thing. Like Trevor going back and forth with Kyle Shanahan, Nick Bose, Arden Key, whoever else, Richard Sherman, like, is pointless. With Pete, with me, with you, it's pointless. The only way you change a narrative is on the field, and that's what he did, and that's what this offense did. And I thought the offensive line was great, too. So I think it's a combination of a bunch of things, Pete. No doubt you and I were in agreement that Trevor played poorly against San Francisco. And – it would be, it would have been hard to defend, or to argue against what Kyle Shanahan and Nick Bosa said, after just watching that tape. Very difficult. And I was happy to see that Trevor came out, responded. The offense responded. I thought the offense line was better. I mean, I think Trevor zero sacks, if I'm not mistaken. I, I actually ran out of bounds. Only two quarterback hits. Yeah, he ran out of bounds, which counted as a sack, which drove me crazy. I'm like, throw the dang ball. You're outside the pocket. Um, that's just an offensive line. We're going to credit that to Tony Baselli for giving up the sack. Yes, that's how that works. <laughs> There's a true story about that. We were in a naked bootleg. Mark Brunel ran a boot, naked bootleg. We're playing the Seattle Seahawks, 1996. You think I remember every dang play. Uh, Sunday night, and Michael McCrary is with Seattle the year before we went to Baltimore. It's a naked. The play, like, I, there's nothing I can do. Michael McCrary is running him down, and Mark runs out of bounds. A half yard before the line of scrimmage. And Michael McCurry was the closest guy credited with a sack. He had three sacks that day. I had to hear about it from Logman all about the next day. <laughs> he beat me for one sack. Had a good rush. He had that sack. And then he had a sack, Pete, where I had him stone the line of scrimmage. And Mark Brunell decides to run into the sack. And it was zero gain. But guess what? Zero gain is what? A sack. Mm-hmm. I was not happy the next day. Not happy. Did you, did you let Brunel have it? Oh, kidding me? In the, in the car ride? I know you guys used to drive in. You probably let him have it. Absolutely, I let him have it. He has a job. I have a job. My job is to protect him. His job is not to make me look stupid. <laughs> that's, that's his job. <laughs> new priority. New priority. Funny. But overall, I thought, listen, that's what they needed to do. They needed to go out and dominate a team that they're clearly better than. Sure. And they did. We'll get to the offense a little deeper coming up in a little bit. But, hey, the defense played a big game as well. Smothered Derrick Henry. They bothered Will Levis all day long, Pete. And they kind of flexed their muscles again. 
That might be one of the worst offensive lines in the history of the National Football League that they played against. And that's not an overstatement. That, that, that line is awful. The center's about my size. Um, I think when you look at the tackles, they're backups at best. The guards aren't very good. It's, it, I mean, Skaronsky's going to be good, but come on. That, that line is a disaster. That line is bad. The history Tony, of the you're league. a line expert. Come on. You watch that line. You watch it on tape. You watch them in the game. That's a bad line. They weren't very good. I don't know if they're the worst ever, but they're not very good. They're in the conversation. Yeah, I don't even know how to start that conversation where you pull teams, got uh, groups from, but they're not. Are they the worst in the league right now? Well, the Jets might have something to say about that. But yeah, they're, I they're... think you got to be careful. You got to go look at it, Pete. I mean, it's not like the commanders are great. But they like, couldn't even get the snap right on the shotgun. Well, that was embarrassing. I mean, and we were fortunate. I mean, that was a good mm-hmm. break because that was a drive. They had the big reverse. They were in uh, inside the 40, I think, if I'm not mistaken, our 40. And then just a bad snap. We, we fell and then he had a couple other bad ones. Yeah, he did. He the, they were yeah. off, off target and messed up the play. Um, yeah, they're not very good. To, I mean, we'll go back to the Jags, but real quick on the Titans because they are a division rival. Um, is Mike Rabel in danger? Well, everybody thinks he's going to go somewhere else and he's going to be a wanted commodity. I, I, I'm with you. I, I think, look, that was the – he doesn't have a lot of talent on a team, so it's hard to evaluate. It's just like it's hard to evaluate. How do you evaluate that quarterback when every time he puts his foot in the ground, he's got eight guys around him? Very difficult. And they don't run. There's no speed on that team at all. And I love Derrick Henry, one of the greatest backs in this era. But, Pete, watching the tape, I, Jeff and I talked about it on the broadcast, he just does not look the same. No. It's almost like all those carries that he's had on his body have finally got the best of him can't get outside anymore he can't get outside and he he goes down easier than he ever did i mean he you know now yeah, it was it's not a good it's a bad offense yeah and and i think that that is why the jack the jack don't get me wrong i think the jacksonville defense if they're watching the tape but there were a lot of guys that did a lot of good things on. oh gosh they played great yeah a lot of really good things I, I you know i thought the corner stepped in and played really well i thought he did a nice job Monteric Brown, um, six times. Yeah, he did a nice job. Uh, I thought Devin Lloyd might have had his best game again. We said that a month ago. That he was active all over the place. Um, he's getting better. Trayvon Walker actually played okay, uh, better than okay. Uh, you know, I thought, you know, when they, the way they used Rayshon Jenkins in a line of scrimmage against a team like that, he was really good. So there were a lot of things to like about that defense on Sunday. It's funny. I came out of that game and I wa- after watching it this morning and watching the tape, and I knew we had the show today, and, and we'll talk about it. I actually don't want to talk too much about it. The game? The Titans game. Really? No. Why not? Because we were better than them. We dominated them. Uh, we're, like, they're not a good team. Like We did what we were supposed to do. When you're a good team, you go beat teams like that. Rookie quarterbacks beat up offensive lines, lack of speed, not great in the back half. They had a good – their one good unit is that front four. That's a they good – They didn't block Simmons all day, I don't think. That's a good front four. And Jeffrey Simmons is one of the best three techniques uh, in the league. And and I thought, overall, they did a good job up front. But that's what you're supposed to do. Like, I am so excited about this game with Houston. I, I mean, I, I remember we, we, we were calling the game yesterday, Pete, and, uh, you know – it was a blowout, so we're starting to look at scoreboards and everything. And I, I can't remember if it was Frank or Jeff said, well, hopefully the Cardinals can beat the Texans. 
And I probably shouldn't have said this out loud, but I did. I said, I hope the Texans win. They're like, what? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I want this to be a big game. Now, from the standing standpoint. Yeah, I mean, come on, Tony. No, but you know what I mean. I, I get from a standings, yes, obviously I want them to lose. I'd love a two game. But going into this week, like this is, first of all, in my opinion, this is what the AFC South needs. You need good teams that people are interested in with good quarterbacks in good matchups. And and for uh, like and by the way, if you're going to be a Super Bowl contending team, these are the games you have to go win. You have to go beat good teams in their stadium. The Texans are on like a five-game winning streak. This is beautiful. I love it. 3 by the way. Whatever it is. It's they three. lost to Carolina. Oh, that's right. Carolina I forgot. It's 3. But they're playing good football. Well, and I look for I, I can't wait for this game on their side. Yeah, history's on their side too in that series. Love it. I mean, I love it. It was like last year, but, Pete. Tony, but but you really seriously when you think about it, it would, if they had lost that game Sunday, then it, you would have been that much better positioned in the division. Oh, big picture, yes, obviously. But but, I, but having said that, if Jacksonville wins this game, they win the division. If the Texans win this game. They win the division. I think the schedule is so favorable for the Texans. Now, Jacksonville's schedule, JP, we were talking about this before the show. It's gotten a little more favorable than what it looked like about a month Ooh, ago. Yeah, the- no Joe Burrow next Monday. No Deshaun Watson when you play Cleveland. No Mark Andrews when you play the Ravens. The, those all are impactful giant injuries, particularly the Burrow one. Yeah, and Pete, I, from a standing standpoint, absolutely. Would I rather have a two-game lead right now than a one-game lead? Yes. That's, that's Come on. My point was more just the overall, like, let's, you want some attention? Right. You, you want to be respected? I get, I get what you're saying. You go beat those teams. And by the way, and I'm, it's not like I'm a, like, I don't, I've never bought into, I know, JP, you're a big guy about this, like, What's in college that? football, like, what? oh, I root for the SEC, you know? I mean, SEC. When did I say that? All you... When did I all say you that? SEC homers like talk up the FCC. Yeah, like you could hate you could be from Florida fan and hate Georgia, but if they're playing in the t- championship yeah, game against SEC, you're rooting for Georgia. Yeah, oh, SEC, SEC, bye, 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 bye. But if I'm being honest, AFC South, like I'm, t- like I get tired. It's like the competitive side of me. It's like don't talk bad. Like, uh, Pac-12 is never in the Final Four anyway. That's so right. So cares? that's that's so what, why you guys wouldn't know the they difference. Beat, they beat each other up in that conference this year, JP. It's loaded. We don't even have a conference anymore. Who cares uh, about the okay. Pac-12? Pac-2. Right. Um, but my point is, yes, big picture, I would have loved for Houston to win or lose. But this game this week, I can't wait. I want to. We're going to go in there. And let me start to show off on the right note. Oh, dear. I locked it last week. Okay. I'm coming over the top, and I'm locking it again. We are going to dominate and beat the Texans. You know you know what? I hate to say this early in the show, but I think you're getting a double lock this week. Wow. I'm telling you. I can't. Like, I Actually, I found myself. I love it, Pete, because I found myself this morning watching it. And I love watching tape, evaluating who played well. And obviously, there's a bunch of stuff you can clean up, and you got to do better. And. And so on and so forth. And Trevor wasn't perfect, which to me, that's great. Because he's like, that was Trevor being good. Right. He still has an I mean, level he can go. Right? Like Trevor's superstar level. I, that's why I still say he's one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL. Now, has he played like that this year? No, no, no. But that's okay. 
Scotty can't get. Well, he hasn't played. He hasn't played better than the guy he's playing against this week. Not the last few weeks, no. So he has. So he can go in there. You talk about a game that can shut a lot of people up. Go in there and outplay him. So, but as we go to break, I know we got to talk about this game, but I want to talk about next week's game because it's bigger. It's the biggest game of the season. Everyone talked about the Chiefs. Big game. Eh. Week two. Eh. 49ers. Big game. Eh. NSC. Okay. You got blown out. Whatever. This one. This is a big game. This is the one as a player you look forward to. Going to a division rival who embarrassed you last time on the road with first place on the line. I love it. We'll get into it when we come back. Jags fans want customized Jags furniture for your home. Check out ZipChair.com and browse all customizable options. ZipChair furniture for fans. We've already got locks. we got a first place game coming up this week. And we're just getting started. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. We needed this win. We needed a win like this, but um, that's what when when like I said last week, man. When everybody do their job, man, and, and just want to go out there and perform, we can beat any team, and that's probably and that's the confidence that we have within ourselves, uh, first and foremost. So, you know, uh, next week is a is an even bigger game than this week. So, uh, that's a great team, and I know in the past that you know Tennessee, I mean. Uh, Texans and Jaguars don't really mix, but we got to go down there and handle business. Man. That's a great team over there, and uh, we're excited to play them. Texans and Jaguars don't really mix. That's Josh Allen, Jaguars outside linebacker after the game yesterday, a Jags win over the Titans. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans. J.P. Shadrick with Hall of Famer Tony Vaselli in Jacksonville. Pete Prisco down in South Florida, CBS Sports Senior writer, and uh, yeah, Josh Allen and the defense got it done yesterday. But boy, last time out against the Houston Texans, since we are forward thinking in this edition. Of I mean, Jaguars if you guys disagree, well, we, no, I like it. Yeah, I mean, it makes no, sense. we got we to go back and talk about the individual play and the groups and units that played on on Sunday. We can do that. Yeah, sure. Okay, well, we can do that. Whatever. You watch, I, you watch the tape. You want to talk about what you saw. I want to talk about what I saw. Yeah, what I saw was domination on defense. And uh, uh, frankly, Everywhere. All like, three phases, really. The offensive line had some leakage. Well, in what sense? I mean, Pete, he, had, he got touched twice. In the run game, they no, had a couple. I mean, they had a couple. Game. Yeah, a couple I, times. I Walker Little was great. You didn't? No. I disagree, Why? Pete. Why, Pete? I want, like, if you watch he Walker Little. side a couple times in the okay. run game. But if you watch Walker Little for the vast majority of the run plays, he gets more movement and is more physical than anyone else up front. I'm curious to see how he graded out. By the way, just let's they didn't look. Run the ball all that much, did they? They ran no, a they bunch, did. but not for great yardage. No. You know what? Yeah. I will say that um, Harrison had some issues at times. He had a couple bad angles in the run game and gave up the third and short down there. He just whiffed. Yeah. And, and on the goal line run um, on fourth and one, Simmons beat both him and. <laughs> Cam Robinson when they flopped the tackle over. Yeah, because it was one- again terrible angles. You have to understand where your help's coming from. Like if you like if you're blocking down and you have a double team with a guard, like you don't have to sell out. Like take right. like you yeah, know that to- should that should be a nece- pretty an easy block, right? Totally well, I mean now, the move that Jeffrey Jeffrey Simmons made was a good move. But you have to be like where where do you have no help? If he comes over the top, I have no help. So I got to have good footwork. 
I want, you know, I'm not going to try to take over the entire guy because I know I got help inside if he slants. And I got, you know, I'm going to take, you know, probably half a man, or I'm going to try to get my, you know, head on his inside of his face mask, knowing that if he slants, that I got help. It was a great run, too, by the way. Ran through that and then ran through the linebacker. No, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm not saying it was perfect, Pete, up front. Okay, here's here's how here's how P, now we know PFF will take it for whatever it is. the The lowest graded offensive player on their team was Walker Little. Yeah, I would disagree with that. They had him as a run block grade of thirty two point three, which is awful, and a decent pass block grade, which you said he was much better in pass protection, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, then they had Fortner down near the bottom, nineteenth rated player on the offense. Then they had Harrison and Cam kind of right next to each other. And then the top-rated offensive lineman was Sheriff, by far and away. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think, I, again, I, I don't want to get into PFF because I don't know how they actually – what they're looking at. We've gone through this for years. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought he was okay. I just th- I think I'm just telling you right line- now, Pete, if you go watch, the guy has played two games at guard. I'm not saying he was perfect by any means. By any means. But – what I like about Walker, he's a big body, and when he gets on people, he can move people. Like you what'd have you to, like Cleveland we have to be more physical. What do you think about Cleveland when he was yeah, in there? He had 19 total snaps in the game. Cleveland. If made. I'm being honest, the only I watched them the last probably 12 plays of the game when it was over. Yeah, <laughs> when they, they put the backups in. in the backups. I turned it off. If I'm yeah, being, he, if I'm being honest, backup, I mean I was um, backup plays or I mean it's like. You, yeah, I mean, I think when he he went in in the second series, I think it was. No, it was third, third series. Third. Why did he go in? Was that just to rotate him in? Yeah, I was playing. Was that... They want to get him reps. One thing he does look, he moves pretty well. Yeah, he's a very good athlete. Yeah. Does that hurt Walker when he's coming out though? No, not if it's not if it's pre-planned. Like you mentally get ready. Like it. Well, I, I'm, I would... not, I'm not saying he likes it. But I'm saying well, you know going in the third surprise. the third series that you're sitting on the sideline. I, I don't know. I, I think offensive line was better, no question. And and when they Tony, in some of those plays they max protected, he had all day. They he, added the tight ends and kept them in. He had Pete, two man two Pete, man routes. When they just kept five in there that he had all day. He got hit twice. Yep. And when the other times came close, he ran. He literally got hit twice. And in the times that he ran, one time he didn't need to run. Yeah. No, he didn't need to run. A second time. And then he, one was called. One was called run. By the way, another one he didn't need to run because of pressure. But it was it was all it was all stick routes, and they're all covered. And he went and got what he could, which was the right decision by him. Which one? The um, not the touchdown. No, it was just a. There well, was pressure. A little it was like bit a third or four the, off his off his edge on the on the touchdown, but he could have stepped up away from it he, but if you look at there's nobody open yeah so yes he could have stepped up and hung in there but he's an athlete you got to let him go play so i'm not saying the offensive line was dominant but i thought they were more physical i think you know walker little you know everyone's killing walker little i'm like guys, i'm not I, killing him i'm no, not killing Pete, him. I I just i'm not saying a, you i said like if you look listen to the narrative like I, this morning on dan and jeff show i got should they bench walker little and put Ezra in there. Or even better was, should they bench the rookie yeah, and put Walker Little to right tackle and put Ezra Cleveland in there? 
And I'm just not a believer because I think you you actually upset the apple cart, and like you, it, it almost gives a sense of like, I don't want to go as far as saying panicking, but it's like guys, we're seven and three. I'm not saying status quo is okay. I do think you're always trying to get better, but I'll just say my default always is that the coaching staff, and especially when it's a guy like Doug Peterson, who I expect, uh, respect immensely, and Phil Rauscher, who is a heck of an offensive line coach, they see all these guys every day. And as much as we all want them to win, I promise you, they want to win more than we do because their paychecks depend on it. Their livelihoods depend on it. And so my whole point in saying that is, yes, do I think Walker Little – is playing high-level left guard right now? No. Did I see improvement from last week to this week? Absolutely. Is he a big physical man who, when he gets on guys, can move guys? Yes. Is he sturdier against the big, powerful uh, defensive tackles and pass? Yes. Does he still get out of sorts at times? Absolutely. But yeah, let's like l- he got beat, was it by Tart on a play early in the game? I think it yeah. was. He threw him to the side. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, Tart's a good player, a good player too. Fortner's not as. Remember, we talked before the season about him becoming more physical. He's too high. Becoming, he plays too high. Yeah. I mean, it, it hasn't changed much. No, that's my concern. He plays too high, um, which I don't. He's got to play lower because he gets bounced How around. Do you do How do you that, do that Tony? in the middle How do you of the get season? Him to play yeah. lower? Well, I, I think it's hard in the middle of the season, especially the, the limitations of what you can do in practice. I mean, I mean, I don't know how many padded practices they have left. And by playing low, describe a little bit what that actually looks like, feels like for alignment. Like, what does like that mean? Bending your knees, okay. not your waist, and getting your pad level down and getting up underneath people, so you don't get bounced and you, around, and so you can you finish play. Be called a waist bender. But and you, and you, can, it's hard to finish. It's hard to stay on blocks if you're high because you get tossed around, you bounced around, and. Too often, he is not finishing the play with his man. Correct. And that yeah, that that's a concern. I mean, going forward, that is a concern. Is him his ability to move people with the in the run game? He's good. You know what he's pretty good at, Tony. He's good at the angles. He's probably one of the guys that can actually play the angles. And when he's on the move, but when he gets on a guy, you're right. He's too high, and they throw him off of him easily. I think he was thrown off a couple blocks on uh, by. Um, by Tart too, or Simmons, a couple times they threw him. I mean, they're good players. Now, in fairness, wrong, I watch tape. Tart does that to a lot of guys. He's a big man. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And that's a good group. Now, is it the 49ers as far as pass rushers? No. But is that no. a good front four? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And Landry played pretty well yesterday. For, yeah. Good all. rush. Right. Hey, let's come back in a moment. We'll hear from uh, Calvin Ridley. He had a big day, obviously, uh, at the office yesterday. A little more defensive talk ahead as well. Sign up your furry friend for the Jaguars' official four-legged fan club for pets. Presented by Forever Vets Animal Hospital. Your pet will receive access to exclusive merchandise, events, and sweepstakes throughout the season. Visit jaguars.com slash promotion slash four-legged fan club and sign up today. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. Honestly, uh, the first one we practiced it. I mean, it was like I can show you the practice because it was the same exact route, catch, look. It was perfect. That's how you play football. 
And then the next one, um, actually, I thought Kurt was going to get it, but they left me. They, usually, they'll take me, but they left me and um, made a great throw, great catch, touchdown. It's Calvin Ridley, Jaguars wide receiver. Two-touchdown day for him, his third 100-yard game of the season, 14th in his career. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. Yeah, nine targets, seven catches, 103, two scores. And his first touchdown since week four at Wembley Stadium, London, against his former team, the Atlanta Falcons. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Vaselli in Jacksonville, Pete Prisco down in South Florida. And uh, let's hope that sparks something, uh, certainly for him. And, um, you know, it's, it's great. It was great to – those throws, uh, the touchdown throws, Pete, I mean, right on the money both times. They're they're, they're really good throw. It was a great. The first one was a really great catch, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say I mean, I, the first one was a better catch than throw. Yeah, the next Cause, one because it was a little overthrown, Pete, and a lot. I'll tell you this: Christian Kirk is not catching that ball, <laughs> and not because he's not doesn't have great hands, not a great receiver. He doesn't have the height or length that Calvin does, and Calvin caught that with about two fingers. And, and then the next one, he was wide open, and, and Trevor had to, like, double clutch it because he had a little pressure or something, I thought. Isn't, isn't that what happened on that one? Yeah. Yeah, he, he has a – yes, a little bit. You know, I was watching live, Pete, the two the, – the, thr- uh, the throw to Ingram that was underthrown when Ingram had just beaten the tar out of uh, uh, Al Shair – on the uh, wheel route. Yeah. Um, he got hit, didn't he, on that one? I don't think he got hit on that one. I think he he got hit on – that's the – just watch right there. That's the really good job. He steps up, avoids the pressure, and throws a strike. Um, the next one he got hit when it was underthrown to Zay Jones, who had beaten his man as well. Um, but we got P.I. there. And both of those, I thought he just yeah. – flat. I thought he flat missed Ingram. I thought it was just a bad throw because if he leads Ingram, Ingram might go – he might outrun the safety to the pylon. But didn't didn't the ball hit Ingram's hands, though? I think – I watched it live and then um, and watched the replay live. Then I watched it this morning. It looks like to me Al, uh, Al Shair gets his hand up in there because if you watch it, his hand goes in between Evan's uh, hands – Right as the ball yeah, is getting there. He's late with it because he beats him right oh, away. Oh, he beats him. That was a – like, I thought Trevor missed that. And initially I was critical live that he missed Zay as well. Watching the tape, I was wrong. Because you watch the tape, Trevor's getting hit as he's trying to deliver at the lower body. So it impacts how much he can get onto it. That's why that one was over, underthrown. So um, I thought – and then even on the big completion, I'm now nitpick, I'm nitpicking Trevor – uh, on the he had a real nice uh, there was a double route, you know. Uh, Kirk Kirk kind of runs Kirk. it over. He, yeah, there's a double move by Calvin, and he has just smoked the safety. And Trevor, for whatever reason, throws it to um, Kirk. Twenty six yard gain, big play. If he throws it to Ridley, it's it's a house call. Now we're talking up, about the the one Ridley that one uh, Kirk caught on the sideline. Yes. He almost waited to throw it. I thought he was late to Kirk. Yes. And yes. and I don't know why he didn't throw it to Ridley. Because Ridley is – it's a hell of a route. I'll say this. I thought that was the best route running by Ridley. 
Yeah, and and, and maybe and I'm just missing it, but he was just he was on fire yesterday the with other, his rounds, and, and they moved him around a little bit more. But and, I'm and I mean, I, I'm not even talking about formation. I'm just talking about watching the Christmas of yeah. Christmas of his routes. He looked energized. Woo! He was. Remember last week he said we're going to be okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, he knew he knew something. Here, the other one I thought was really from a Trevor standpoint that I like was the one where he hit Ridley on the sideline. Because he held the safety in the middle with his eyes. Do you remember that one on the deep on the right side? I think it was. I'm trying to think. On this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On the deep, yeah, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, it was a great. That play. was, a, that was good because he came back. He kind of eyeballed the safety, kind of held him in the middle, and then hit the shot on the. That that was good. Um, what now? You know I want to get to some things I didn't like, JP. Oh yes, that always happens. The first, the first and goal zone read. Give me a break. I don't know why he didn't hand it off. Yeah, that was. It would. He might have scored, right? Don't yeah, he? because the the, the, the end didn't crash. Arden Key didn't crash. I th- I, I'm like, <laughs> like it was almost like it was a. Are you okay, Pete? Was that was that yeah, a I'm sneeze fine. or a Choking. cough? What was that? You know, you have a, a cough. Cough oh. button or move your mic would be nice. Um, I did that for you. Thank you. Annoy me. Thank you very much. It was almost like he, it was preordained that he was keeping it. Instead of reading. Yeah. Yeah. And because I, the read, I was like, the second one that he scores on, that's, that and does crash enough, I see why he pulled it and he got to the, to the pylon and scored. Um, Either way, I didn't, like the, I didn't like that call on the goal line, the first one. And I didn't like the fourth and four. He got away with it, but I didn't like it. What didn't you like? It's thirteen nothing. I loved it. I said, "Go for it." Of course you did. Yeah, I'm a better coach you, than you. You grew up yeah. in Madden football. What yard line? No, was that I, I was not a big Madden player. It was on the forty. Yeah, I don't know if I. It was on their forty. Right around there. Why not make it sixteen? Yeah, it's, 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 it's on the forty because yeah. you're going about to make it twenty-three nothing. Yeah, and, or twenty nothing. And if he doesn't have the scramble play and make a uh, 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 off schedule play, it, it you got nothing. Yeah, but Pete, this is what there, I, Pete? this is what I you drive me. What yard line were they on? They were in the, on 40. the forty. It would have been a fifty-eight yard field kick goal. The 50, kick the 50, 58, 57 yard field it's goal. A, That's why you brought McManus in there. Make it sixteen nothing. Or you or just go get the first down like you did because you know their deep offense can't score against you. Right. Or or. Or you could have pinned them in, and because they can't score against you, and you're going to get the ball back. So you would have, you would have thought about punting there. You would have punted. I, I would have, I would have kicked the field goal. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I thought going for it was fine. It worked out. And Pete, this, this is what? where you drive me crazy a little bit, because you like pick and choose. Like I'll give you, I'm going to give you a perfect That's example. That's what you do. Hold on, no, where you can't be, you can't have it both ways. So let's just review. Like, let's pull out the monitor and let's do a little show review here. Red flag. Red flag. I'm throwing the red flag. So a second ago, which I respect Pete's opinion, you know, you know, I love him. He said he did not like the zone read call on the first and goal. So he said he didn't like the call, not the execution. Of it. He the did execution not like the, was yeah, the problem. Yeah, but he didn't like the call. Okay, okay. that's fair. Right. I'm not going to beat him up on that. But he, then he did like the call in the third quarter on first and goal where they ran zone read, and he scored. 
No, I didn't like. So I like. I like, like, like to know the any, difference. I, I like to know like the difference. Read anyways, I don't want my. I don't want it. Look, I don't want him in in harm's way. A, and I didn't like the call either way. You have a you have a big six foot six quarterback with receivers who are having a good day. Throw the damn ball to him. And then, well, any any offense coordinator will tell you the best way to score in the tight red zone is to run it in because there's not a lot of space in the passing game. I'll leave that aside. So, but so Pete, but they, hold on. They weren't running I'm not done. Well. The other argument too is that you, if you spread everybody out, the defense spreads out a little bit. That's exactly well. right. Okay. Right. Then Pete goes on to say he did not like the fourth and four call because he didn't like the quarterback scrambling making plays. Yeah. Um, Pete, do you like Patrick Mahomes? Mm. Yes. Mm. What is? How does he make a living? Mm. I didn't say I didn't like. Him how scrambling. does he I make like a living, call. Pete? How I does he make like a living? So as we, the red flag was thrown, the red flag was thrown, the review was done, and Pete has been docked a ton, a timeout, and one challenge because he's terrible. He's wrong. No, I didn't like the the. I don't look the the off schedule plays are accidents and they happen. I get it, but the fact of the matter remains, I didn't like the decision to go for it. I would have kicked the field goal there. And if you miss 58 – what's the percentages of a 58-yard field goal in the NFL? Not high. It's, I don't know. You know. Weather was clean yesterday. No, but still. You know, it's no not a, It's not a no-brainer. Even with McManus, who's a great kicker. Right. It's not a guarantee. So, Pete, you would have risked giving them the ball at the 48-yard line. No well, you risk giving them the ball at the 40-yard yeah, line. Yeah, but my point is I, 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 I wonder – what the percentage of conversion on fourth down is compared to a uh, percentage and, it of? It wasn't fourth and an inch. It was I said, fourth and four. Pete, I just said fourth and four. Yeah. What's the what's the, the percentage? Analytic numbers would probably say go for it there. Compared to a, a, compared field, to a 50, yeah, six, I, I, fifty-eight. Yard, no, it was a fifty-eight. Yeah, be a fifty-eight yard. Right. I think. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Okay, let's play this this one. If there was a minute left in the game, what would you have done? And it's thirteen nothing. And is it? Tied or what are we the field doing? Goal, right? No, thirteen nothing. I would have, I would have gone. I would probably run the ball and let the, you know, or I'd go for it, because okay, thirteen nothing. A minute minutes, left. Right? Okay, five minutes left in the game. <laughs> Take a knee. I don't Take know. Five <laughs> minutes left in the game. Does does your strategy change? Do you go up? Do you try and go up sixteen? No, I don't think so. I think I go for it. You're fine. Uh, in all seriousness, no, I think so. Fifty-eight yarder. You know who you are? You become Brandon Stale. No, no. <laughs> <He's fired. laughs> He had a meltdown. Uh, Pete, I guess to your question under five minutes, it depends on the game. I'm a bit like where I agree with you 100% where the, where there's a gap in analytics by itself. I think analytics are important and should inform you, but you also have to get a feel for the game. Correct. How's it going today? Right. Like, How are we beating the pants off these linemen? Like that's not in, in the analytics well, and, and here's one like interceptions thrown in the final two minutes of of a of a game, or you know, or in the end zone and at halftime, at the end of two minutes of the half. What about the ones where they just throw them up and try and get somebody to catch it as a hail mary? How do you analyze? How does the data analyze that? But to your the better question than like the time, how much time's left? What would I have done if we were up thirteen nothing against the Kansas Kansas City Chiefs? Well, we've seen that script when it was three nothing against the Kansas. I, I actually think I take the three to make it sixteen nine. It may be part of my influence. I had zero concern with the Titans' offense at that point of doing anything. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, if that's the – and, yeah, I get that. But you could also say – flip that and say, okay, well, you have zero concern. If you go up 16 nothing, they're never, they're never coming back. Yeah, but I – yeah. Yeah. It, it, I was fine with By the way, fine. you mentioned that if it was the Chiefs. Well, we saw that script, and we saw how that worked out. You went for They went for it on fourth down from – That was the, the 50. Fourth, yeah. Bad decision plenty ahead if you're looking for the mvp of the truck game look no further than ford f-150 loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work play and everything in between this truck makes tough look easy your local ford dealer proud partner of the jacksonville jaguars we'll take a look at the afc south and then in the second hour we'll keep it real and fanatics fan questions plenty to get to after a jaguars win over the tennessee titans it's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans. I think we're really accountable, and that, that makes a difference. We don't have guys that shift blame. You know, we all understand when everyone, everyone has a part in wins and everyone has a part in losses. It's never on one or a couple guys, you know. So I think, <clears throat> I think that we, our, this team does a great job of understanding that and has the right mindset and bouncing back after rough games and we all just shoulder some of that blame and just stick together and I think that's something that we've done a great job of we've had some adversity you know going back the last couple seasons and um, we've been good at responding and we got to keep doing that that's what the good teams do you know it's it's hard to go undefeated in this league I mean there's been what one team to do it so um, you're going to have weeks where you don't play great and you got to find a way to be able to to turn the ship and play better the next week. That's the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars now 4-0 and under Doug Peterson in the games after losing by 10-plus points. And it's Jaguars happy hour, final moments of the opening hour. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli, Pete Prisco, Jaguars over the Titans 34-14 yesterday. Yes, he Pete. sounds like he's been in the league for about 22 years when he talks. I know, right? Like, he's, he's such a pleasure to listen to every time he has it's a microphone. A, I mean, that's a... You know, we see pros, pros in this league. Tony, you've been around a lot of guys who are pros, pros. I mean, hell, I'm going to give you credit. You were a pros pro. But that guy, when he stands up there, you could just tell. he's And he's been around the league. He's only been in the league for two and a half years, and one of those was the, the urban year. I mean, think about what he's been through and how he handles himself. Well, and Pete, it's one of the reasons, like, don't get me wrong, there's concerns. Like, I was concerned after watching that San Francisco game. I'm like, oh, man. Because he just looked sped up and, and you know, and he hadn't been putting up the big numbers, you know, and hadn't been super efficient, not a lot of touchdowns, so on and so forth. But even after that, and it's moments like what we just listened to and what Pete is referring to, that I'm like, this guy's a superstar. Like, he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And people go, you're crazy, you know, you know, whether it's Richard Sherman or whoever or, you know, fans after a bad game, like look like he look he only has he only had nine touchdowns in nine games, now he has eleven, whatever. You go all down the stats. His stats aren't where his stats are not elite. His stats are not elite quarterback stats right now. I'm not gonna try to argue that. But what he is is he's an elite athlete, an elite leader, and he has elite mental toughness. Like, he just doesn't get phased. Like, he had a terrible game. Like, all I go back to last year. That game in London um, against the Broncos, he was bad. 
Yes. You could argue he cost them the game with a couple of those decisions when they were down the red zone. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of football after that, but yes. I'm just saying that game. Yes. I'll never forget because that was a situation, first time ever that I can remember. We had a two-hour wait after the game. I do remember that. And we had to go sit in the stadium. They had a room for us where they had food and everything. For all the staff, all the coaches, all the players, and the players' family. And so I'm up there, and you know, and it was a, it was like, a funeral. I mean, everyone yeah. was down. It was bad. Like it was a bad game. The Broncos were bad. We were bad. It was just London. It was just terrible. And I remember sitting there, and I was eating with, probably Logs or JP or somebody. I, I can't remember. I was sitting there with you. Man. Yeah, we're sitting there, and I looked over, and it was Trevor, and his wife by themselves. And I remember looking at him, and you could just tell, like, it was eating him up. Like, he was just disappointed. And and nobody was walking by. He wasn't talking to anybody. Uh, was just, get him next week, bud. No, none, of that. none of that. It was none just him sitting there with his wife. And I remember thinking at that moment, saying, we're going to find out, like, what this guy has. Because he's about to get heat. He's about to get heat from the fans and from everybody. Because... This team isn't good right now, bad record, and he just, you know, just, you know what, the bed. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was bad. No, I don't know what. Tell us. Don't no, I'll, 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 yeah, yeah. no, 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 I'm don't kidding. do that. Yeah. I won't do that. And uh, excuse me if you have kids listening. <laughs> I apologize. Um, and what do you do after that? He came no, out and lit it up, yeah. played great. But more than anything, it's not just that because, like, I know that's in him. It's how he handles all these situations. If you go back to last week, he was bad. He stood up before anyone could say anything. It's the worst I've played. He owns it. Never makes excuses. All the criticism, he's like, all right, they can say what they want. I don't care. I care about the guys in this locker room. I care about winning. That's all I want to do is win. And I'm telling you, you know what he does. You're right. He can't, and we haven't seen close to what he's going to be. No, like yes, not do, close to it. Do I think he gets sped up sometimes? Yes. Do I think he misses guys at times? Yes. My guess is though, and I know this for a they fact because I watch tape. They all miss guys. They all do. Let's just they all let's be honest. They all do. And let me part of the re, you want to know the part of the reason he hasn't been put a big, big numbers this year. That's not how the offense has been designed. It's been very horizontal. And guess what? We can all complain, and Pete can say, oh, this, that, and the other, and Tony can say this, that, and the other, and everything else. The bottom line is they are 7-3. They had a five-game winning streak, and they're in first place, and they're about to go beat the you-know-what out of the Texans and have a two-game lead and get ready because this is going to be a good second half. And they just called another bubble screen. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Second half of the show coming up. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. Let's not make it any harder than it has to be because games are hard. Winning in this league is tough. We understand that. But let's not make it hard on ourselves. We keep doing what we do, trust our process, and then we keep rolling, right? It's just one week at a time going 1-0. I'm really proud. I'm proud of the way you guys have put in the work during the course of the week, okay? During the course of the week. Pay attention to detail. You do your job. You go out and execute. I know practices aren't fun sometimes, but you know what? It pays off out here on these game days, right? That's a great job. Great job. My hat's off to you. All right, we got one. One, two, three. Oh! <laughs>
Head coach Doug Peterson in the locker room after the Jaguars win over the Titans yesterday. And welcome back. It's hour number two of Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Vaselli, and Pete Prisco. The Jaguars blew out the Titans yesterday, 34-14. And Trevor Lawrence followed up one of his worst performances with one of his better ones as of late. Four total touchdowns, two passing, two rushing, 262 yards. On 24 of 32 passing, the offensive line kept him clean. No sacks, only two quarterback hits in the game for the Titans' defense. Calvin Ridley, seven catches, 103 yards, two touchdowns, his third 100-yard game with the Jaguars. The Jags' defense smothered Derrick Henry, and they affected rookie quarterback Will Levis all day. Five hits, two sacks, and the Titans had nothing working at all. And, yes, special teams played a role. Brandon McManus with a couple of field goals. Ross Matisic, the long snapper with a tackle, forced fumble, and fumble recovery later in the game. And now the Jaguars are 7-3, and three, one game up in the standings on the Texans. They'll face them this Sunday at NRG Stadium in Houston. It's a pivotal AFC South showdown and the Jags' final divisional game until Week 18 when they head to Nashville. Uh, that about covers everything that has happened yesterday and uh, moving ahead here. By the way, uh, Trevor Lawrence, we were talking about the Jags quarterback at the end of the opening hour, bought uh, Waffle House breakfast with the entire business office this morning on Victory Monday in the lobby out there, which was kind of cool. Did they cater it? Yes. It was outstanding. <laughs> I love Waffle House. It was great. So, um, What did you dive into, JP? I know you had some. Well, they had the scrambled eggs, and they had the sausage patties. They had one strip of bacon. I didn't have any waffles, though. They had the, the fresh waffle maker machine. Uh, oh, my gosh. Too. So here's my problem. I stayed away from the waffle. I love waffles in general. But Waffle House waffles, I could go eat five or six, no problem. Mm -hmm. and, and I like them a little bit crispy. Mm. Me too. Mm. A little bit crispy. And that butter and syrup, I mean, it is. It is I eat mine without the syrup on them. Not me. I go butter, sir. It's one of the best breakfasts in the country. Would you rather have pancakes or waffles? Breakfast. <laughs> uh, depends where I am, Pete. Yeah. I like both. Are we at a pancake house or are we at a waffle house? No, I, I, just, I prefer waffles. I don't know why. I always have. Like, I love waffles. I'm a big ba uh, banana pancake. Cause really? It yeah, it takes me back to my youth. My big, like a big Saturday for us or Sunday morning is uh, my dad would make banana pancakes. And as a kid, you know, he'd make his, like, this is a special banana pancake. Yeah, it's right. like, it's, it's Bisquick and bananas. <laughs> but as a kid, you don't yeah, know that. Yeah, it awesome. like, it's the greatest thing ever. And to this day, I love banana pancakes. Love them. It's, fu it's funny how any something like that, you just throw Bisquick in and whatever, but if, they, God forbid, they made Italian sauce, they weren't going to pour it out of a jar. Mm -hmm. Bisqu uh, Bisquick was a staple. But you know what I mean, Tony? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Italian households, there's no way that's ever coming out of a jar. Well, my mom was an Italian, so we had plenty out of, out of the jar. Uh -huh. Well, my mom was and never came out of the jar. Yeah, my mom also made it not out of the jar, but. Right. Um, but, yeah, it was. I really enjoy Waffle House. I'm getting hungry. I'll be that's honest pretty with you. good. About, I mean, that's a cool thing that Trevor Lawrence's wife did. That's that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just it's, it's it just again it goes back to what we were saying before about being a pro's pro at a young age. I Dude, mean, he's, he's a just, he's a leader. He handles himself 
like he's been in the league for 10 years. I, I remember saying that during his rookie year. Remember when they used to bring him out every every week I to do. face the music? Yes. He handled himself well from that start. That's why he's – that coupled with the fact that he's got the natural ability and coupled with the fact that he has the right temperament for the game is why he will be a star quarterback. And those numbers will go up. They're going to go up. But I love that. I don't think he cares about the numbers. He just wants to win. Yeah. He said that. Well, you still care about the number. Eh. You don't want to throw. You want to throw. You rather throw thirty-five and and seven, and win than twenty and uh, thirteen and win. Oh I, no, I'm not. He's a he's a competitor. Yeah. He. I'm, but my point is, I mean, Pete. Yes, I agree with you in general. Everyone. I mean, any human being cares. I think from his point of view, it's like if it if I have to run to the pylon twice and score touchdowns today, I guess I'll go do that. That's my point. That's he just, he's he's such a competitor. He just wants to win. And yes, secondary wants to put a big numbers. Who doesn't? But if I have to dive to the end zone and risk, you know, everything right. to go he's do a, it, he's a okay. tough kid too. Yeah. That's the one thing that's kind of been overlooked through this whole thing. That knee injury might have been worse than what they're saying. You normally you wouldn't be wearing that brace that long, and he played through it. Think about that for a second. He played through it. Well, a short week, and too, about, by the way. short week. No, but even the last three weeks. But Pete, how about did. this? How many times has he brought it up? None. No. Nope. Never. Nope. They finally asked about him this week because Doug had said, mm-hmm. and I loved his response. So Doug last week said, hey, we, we've limited a little bit what we can call because of Trevor's injury. Well, what's the press going to do? They're going to ask Trevor next time they get him. And Trevor's response was, I feel great this week. <laughs> I mean, I just love it. It's like he's way beyond his years when it comes to dealing with all the crap that a franchise quarterback has to deal with. Agreed. Agreed. Because that's just part of the job. Well, but he, I mean, he came into the league and had to deal, deal with the biggest crap ever given to a rookie quarterback. He had to deal with Urban Meyer. That's it's Pete. Accurate. Hard to even add anything to that. It's what it is. It's what it is. So now uh, it's on to Houston to face the Texans at NRG Stadium. Battle for first place in the AFC South. The Texans won the matchup back in week three. And uh, it's been a long time coming. So the Jaguars now have the one-game advantage in the division race in terms of wins and losses. They have the tiebreaker at the moment. Of course, if the Texans were to win, they would have the advantage in the division race moving forward. And there's a quite a road ahead for the Jaguars in the next three weeks after this week's game. It's all AFC North teams, but it's all about this week and, and going down to Houston. And historically, it's been a tough place to go for this uh, Jaguars organization. But you got to change that at some point. Why not now? Well, the first thing you have to do in that scenario, you bring up the past. <laughs> Like you have to look at each other and says, "Who cares?" Yeah, flush it. Right? Like, not, don't. It's That's not what even, they talk about. I guess I wouldn't even say flush it because when you say let's flush it, you give it some credence, you give it some value. Instead of just saying, "Who cares?" What does that have to do with this week? Like, what is what happened last year, the year before, five years ago, ten years ago, twenty? It does not matter. What about earlier this year? Does that matter? I think it does. Within the within the season, it matters. Okay. Because you can learn from it. Because it's you're playing the same team. You got smoked by 20 points by them. And you can use it as a motivation. Yeah. That you were embarrassed on your home field. Like, let's go embarrass them. But as far as the history, does it matter? 
Does like is like do they get extra points because they've won eight of nine? No. And like so that's the first thing you have to do as a player is like okay I'm going to worry about what matters. You know what matters? Isn't it ten of isn't it ten of eleven? Whatever it is, Pete. My point. I wasn't trying to make I'm trying to be accurate on the stats. I was just making a point. <laughs> Oh, He's well, like, wait a minute, sir, you're incorrect. Weapon. My point is, who cares? You don't get extra points. What, are they going to be extra confident? Ooh. It's like, the, Pete, you always say it, say it. And I give a little credence, credence to built, uh, bulletin board material because I think it helps you get a little f- more focused during the week in your prep. But when the ball's kicked, who cares if a guy said this or that or whatever? It's not gonna, is it going to make you play harder? Like I like I think bulletin board material I think does help a team get even more laser focused during the week. But it never it won't make you play harder on Sunday. Well, I mean I hope not. If you're not playing, if you're not playing hard, if you're if it makes you play harder, that means you're not playing as hard as you possibly can play. Right, always been my theory on it. And I agree with that, Pete. But what it does do is because you're laser focused during the week, and that extra little, like Tom Brady, I've heard him talk about it. He would create like chips on his shoulder for every opponent because it just human nature like forces you reminds you of how important the process and the practice and getting ready is. Cause I think all of humans have a tendency to kind of relax and take a deep breath. And that's a reminder to dial in and focus. And what that does do gets you ready for kickoff. But once the ball's kicked off, like you're going, none of that matters. Right, none of them. You're happen. going, and so, like, who cares? I don't care that they've. So you, you just you, uh, psychologically, eleven of ten of eleven is out the window as you kick the ball off. Would not, I, I would tend to agree with you. Would not matter one bit. Not matter one bit. I mean, now, I've been, I've been in one games. One thing you would, one thing as we have to look at it from our standpoint as a player, I get it, but we, is there something at play? That Because they've been better than that team. Why me, is it happening? Well, let me tell you why. Let me tell you one thing that can. The, the opposite is true, too, as a player. If you don't dismiss it and you give it life, the first time something goes wrong. Oh, here we go again. Is you get the, oh, the dreaded sentence in your head. Here we go again. And people oh. start looking around. And so if you give life to the fact that they've won 9 of 10 or 10 or 11, whatever it is, then that will possibly come back to hurt you during the game because that little nagging thought kinda, in the back of your head. Like in, yeah, kind of like in 99 with a certain team from the state of Tennessee. Well, I still conclude if I wasn't on the field. Wow. <laughs> 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 wow. He, he went no, there. He had nothing to do with it, Pete. Imagine there that. There is an eye in <laughs> <laughs> No, but Pete, you're right, though. I do think that had something to do with it. Because even me sitting in the booth, all joking aside, I was, you know, I was hurt, blew my knee out before was, that game. Was it a sweet? I was in a sweet, yes, oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, you got the sense when it started going the wrong way. It's right. like, it here, here we go again. And right. even I, who had nothing to do with the one way or another, if they would have won, like the, one of the biggest things in my entire life, the hardest moments was that moment right there when we kicked off. I was excited for us to win and go to the Super Bowl, but I realized I'd have nothing to do with it. Now, I, I had a big part of us getting 
to a 14 but and 2. In that 60 but in that span, 60 minutes yeah. and going to the Super Bowl, if we did win to the following week, I would have nothing to do with it. I'd have no impact. And I you knew the outsider celebrating with him. That's almost. right. And I knew at that moment that for the rest of my life, I would have nothing to do with that moment. So he was rooting for the Titans. I was not. <laughs> That's not true at all. And I knew, but because losing too has haunted me because I had nothing to do with that moment to help impact it. Yeah, right. That's the worst thing. I, that's one thing that has nothing to do with anything we're about to talk about, but just a little side note as I chase this rabbit here is I think, I don't think what the average fan understands when, how, like I, I watched Florida State and Jordan Travis get hurt. That was awful. Um, just awful. And my heart broke for the kid because you immediately feel like you're hopeless. And no matter all his friends and teammates coming to visit him and all the nice things everyone says, he's a great kid. My son is close to him. Just a fabulous kid. None of that matters when you're in that place because you realize, and Pete said it, you know, you know half joking, half night, you're an outsider at some level. Because you're not in the fight. And you don't get to impact the fight, win or lose. And and I, I, I think that's what people – it's hard to understand no, unless you're there. I, you know what? I never really truly understood that until I started really being around the NFL and in the locker room on a regular basis. I don't care who you are. This is cruel and crass. It is. You're When you're hurt and injured in the NFL, and I'm talking about – not a part of the team, like you're on injury reserve or something. You're not it's part of the team. Like dead to, you're almost like you're dead to the team, right? You know yeah. what I mean? Like a star could walk through the locker room injured, and he's just like, oh, well, well all right, there he goes. He's walking through. He's not part of the team anymore. He's just not. It's 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 one of the worst things I've it's seen awful. on that side of the locker room. It's awful. It really but back to my point of what we're talking about, it can hurt you. If you give power to what's happened in the past, think about your normal life. We all deal with right. stuff. If you give power to something in the past, it influences and the future. If you give no power to it, it can't do anything. But by the but way, the in reality, it can't. That. Here's the other thing about it. If it. Remember in the days when San Francisco and Seattle were beating each other up in the playoffs in the division, going trying to go to Super Bowls and stuff? They had a lot of veteran guys that had played each other. So history, man, this group, these two groups, they have no idea. They haven't been around long enough to be involved in the history. They don't care. And and if you do care, you're missing you're missing it. But it is 10 of 11. It doesn't matter. Pete. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. <laughs> Plenty ahead. We'll keep it real when we return. And PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. It just goes to show the, the resiliency of our football team. Uh, we, you know, we've, we've, we've only been together a short while, but, but um, you know, this is a resilient group, you know. Um, they always seem to work themselves back and, and, and fight their way back, you know, when they have a setback. And, and um, they've done it. They did it again today. And, and um, you know, hats off to the leadership of the football team and, and really, you know, each man um, doing his job. And, and that's, that's the type of football that we're capable of playing.
That's the head coach, of course, Doug Peterson, after the Jags win over the Titans yesterday. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings, J.P. Shadrick, Tony Vaselli, Pete Prisco. And time now for Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. And we go into the wide receiver room. It was a full week on and off the field for Zay Jones, but finally back on the field off the knee injury Sunday. How did the return of Zay Jones change the offense? And how will it change it moving forward if he can stay healthy? Um, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say completely outside of just the stats and kind of how it felt. Because, you know, unless – you know, you got you gave uh, Doug and Press truth serum and asked them <laughs> the questions of how does it change how they call the game or how they design the offense. We're not going to really know, but I do think he's a vertical threat, and he because he has straight ahead speed. And I thought he stretched the defense a couple times. I think there was opportunities to take shots down the field uh, to him as well. They did one time, and so that's another guy opposite Calvin who a defense has to be aware of down the field. Because I don't think teams are – they're not nervous about Christian Kirk beating them over the top. Because he's an underneath slot receiver. He's dangerous in the middle of the field. I mean, he's a great player. But that's not his expertise to, you know, stretch the field. But I think adding Zay allows that, and I think it can loosen up the defense a little bit. Yeah, they're not building a, a fence at eight yards. Which like the 49, like if he was in the 49ers game, I wonder if they would have played the same style of defense, Tony, that they did last week. I think they would have at the start, but it'd been more interesting. Would the Jaguars had confidence to take some shots, pull the trigger and do it. Yeah, that's what he gives them. He gives them the ability to take shots. But I also think they moved Ridley around and got him in favorable matchups a little bit more because Zay Jones is on the field and and. And Zay isn't exactly known for being a guy who runs crossers, and they ran him on some crossers the other in this game. I, I, I really like what they did in that game the other on Sunday, and I think having him gives you three receivers. Think about it: when he's on the field, it gives you three threats. When he's not on the field, you don't have three threats; you have two. And well, I think it's easier I, to cover Ridley. Ingram. I disagree well, with that. Ingram, but you know what I mean. I'm talking about from the receiver position. Right. So, uh, it could change it. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, listen, he's one of your best players. Let's see how that knee goes so having as well, it, though, right? I mean, absolutely. I think, it, I think it's a little bit of a week-to-week. you got to just hold your breath a little bit. He talked today in the locker room. It was open locker room today for the first time this season on Monday. And um, he said, yeah, uh, felt pretty good coming out of the game. He had first, a, time, first time he's worn the brace. I was going to say, he had, a, he had a brace on. He had never worn one ever, he said. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that's something he'll do the rest of the year. Open locker room on Monday? What's that? They don't have open locker room on Monday? Mm-mm. This was the first one. Why, uh, why, why is that? I'm, I, I, that's news to me. I don't, but I don't I'm know. not here Monday, so it doesn't I matter. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but it was open that's, today. That's odd. You don't get a chance to explain yourself away? I don't know. I'm just saying it was open today. So no, I know you don't talking. know, but I, okay, I'm going to go on record. I think that's a terrible policy. They should have an open locker room on Monday. How about that? Well, I always thought it was mandatory. Was the old rules that mandatory we had to? Because yeah. I'm sure Tom would have found a way not to do it if he didn't have to. Oh, he would have closed them every day of the week if he could have. <laughs> <laughs> Fort Knox. 
The best so when's was, it open? It's open on Wednesday and Thursday now? Wednesday, Thursday, the, Friday. Yeah. The okay, be- no Monday. The best of the old days on Mondays, it'd be Oprah locker room. And Nobody's in there. 90% of the yeah, locker room. That's kind of what it was today. 90% of the locker room would go into the players' lounge. <laughs> Just hide. Come Pete, face the damn music, would but you? Pete, who never dodged you guys? You didn't. You didn't dodge. I purposely sat there. You didn't go hide in the training room or nothing? Never. No, he did not. Because I figured, not. you know what? Get it over with. You know what? I'm going to be in media one day. Maybe I need to No, that's do not this. why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the reality is why, and I think Pete, Pete will back this up. As the first pick of the franchise, and, you know, I was a pro Bowl player, you know, viewed as a like, – I felt like it was my responsibility. Like, someone had to talk to these guys. And so I just felt like it was my responsibility, part of the job, and they had a job to do. Pete had a job to do. I had a job to do. This is the way – It's different it, now, though. It's, you know, it really is different Well, now. back then, too, remember, there was no way to get, as a player – you didn't have your like, voice uh, to the fans. That's right. You had no social media. You had. You didn't have your own account where you could do your own video review. No. Was, so this was right. like if you did like if you because I, I knew Pete was going to write something. He was going to write about the offensive line. So I wanted to hear his questions and I wanted to and we had contentious conversations because I wanted to push back and you know, I wanted to give my narrative. But the, and that's that's part of my always been my message to the guys now is you may as well open it up because if you don't and this is not just in Jacksonville it's across the league then somebody writes something you have no recourse whatsoever to to push back on it and it's, it's that's why I say just be just be honest with them just answer the questions and and make your players available. It's nothing that they say is going to impact Tony. We just went through the whole thing. It's not going to impact the game. It's just not. So what's the big deal? So if a guy's hurt, put him out there. Let him say that. I think that's great. They put Zay Jones out there today. He got the talk. That's good. Now I know he wouldn't answer the questions about the off the field stuff, but that's fine. That's his decision. That's his prerogative. Um, but, but he's at, those guys have to ask the questions and that's understandable. And I think from a football standpoint, you get to ask the questions about the knee. And I, I, I don't know. I think the relationships between media and player has gone by the wayside in large part. I think COVID helped do that. Oh, man, that, that hurt it. That really did hurt it a lot, Pete, because we weren't in there for, what, two years. You know what, too, JP? They found out they didn't need you in there. And once they find out they don't need you in there, then they ain't going to open it back up to what it used to be. That's just the reality of the way it is. And I'm not just talking about Jackson. We're talking about mm-hmm. the NFL, period. Yeah, that's right. I'll give uh, Zay credit. Because it would have been easy for him just to go hide somewhere in the locker room or somewhere else during open media with all that's going off on uh, with the, with his life off the field. And my only thing, all I'm going to say about his off the field stuff is, everyone should just sit back and wait till this thing plays out. And we've seen that in history in Jaguars players too. Let it play out. And if it look, and if it's true, then it's a major issue. If it's not true, then then let it play out. But you have to let it play out because Tony, you had players and teammates that had stuff go on when you were there, and if they had let it, it once it played out, it played out two different ways. One, some of them were bad, and some of them were turned out not to be that bad. You are still innocent until proven guilty in this country. I'll just remind everyone of that. That was keeping it real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients Award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi.
All Elite Wrestling returns home to Jacksonville with an explosive AEW Dynamite and Rampage. See all the action at Daly's Place Wednesday, January 10th. Tickets on sale at dailysplace.com. Fanatics fan questions are next. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. The second hour continues, presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings, J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli in Jacksonville at the Miller Electric Center, Hyundai Studios, the friendly confines. Pete Prisco, yeah, very friendly. Uh, Always friendly when you're around, Tony. I like being here. What did you get from Chubby's Wings today? That's Pete Prisco. Not today. Thanksgiving week, taking a a week off. They'll be back with us next week in in, – you know, when all our crews around to um, work again. So yeah. I was. Uh, There's still people here working. Don't get me wrong, but uh, well, we'll be back we, next week. We are here. Yes, we're here. Um, I was. I. I, uh, I saw that you're working uh, this Thanksgiving. I am. Uh, Lions Packers. I'm, Correct in Detroit. In Detroit, big, it's, big, it's a big shot weekend for JP. <laughs> Kudos to JP. He's calling the national. Pro football game and a college game this week. Boy, yeah. uh, Ohio State, Michigan. Big, big games, big audiences. It's I gonna would, be fun. I'm excited. I I'm was, excited. The Thanksgiving game, man. That's the. One, I mean, that's a huge. That's a big deal. I'm excited for that. I must. I gotta say. Are I you really working am. Thanksgiving, I, Tony? No. I, what do you usually do? Though? I have the opposite approach this year. I've worked every Thanksgiving outside of the one year in 2020 COVID year. I worked every Thanksgiving since 2008. Wow. Maybe nine. I'll say this. My daughter, 14-year-old daughter, never knows of having Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving Day outside of the one COVID year because we celebrated on Friday. I'd do the game Thursday and fly home. Um, and this year when they came, you know, Westwood One said, hey, what games you, you, know, you want to do, you know, so on and so forth. I said, told them, and I said, but I'm not working Thanksgiving. Interesting. I chose not to because I wanted to be home. With the family. So we have 30 people coming over. And I bring this up only because uh, Angie the other day, because JP in the past has joined us on Thanksgiving. Angie the other day said, hey, make sure you tell JP to come over for Thanksgiving. And I'm like, he's working. You can use your Alexa-enabled device and say, open Westwood One Sports. And, and we can I'll listen be right there with you. We can yeah, listen to you. Can listen. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, we can listen to JP on, on thir- Thursday. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on Thursday. but yeah. uh, What do you got? Like pregame, but, Pete? What do you got? Yeah, I got pregame in the studio on Thursday. So, look, I've I, gone I on the not. road. I've been in Detroit for Thanksgiving before. It's it's a great environment. Oh, even it's awesome. Stunk, even when they stunk, it used to be a great environment. That place will be rocking. Oh, they're rolling. That's their best start since 1962. Yep. Unbelievable. It almost, got it almost got ruined on Sunday a little bit. Boy, they, they had to they rally made. to do it. How about? Brunel had to get his quarterback straightened out in the second Three picks. Half, second half. Oh, he didn't play very good. How about Hutchinson calling and calling game at the end with the the sack and the fumble and the safety? It was impressive. Yeah, very. Yeah. Hey, it's time for Fanatics fan questions. Jags fans, gear up at Fanatics.com with all latest Jag style. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com officially licensed everything. We put the cat signal out on X earlier today. Here are the best we've come up with. At Jaws 960608. How did Ezra Cleveland and Walker Little look at left guard? Who played better? Would they like to see Repster Little at right tackle with Ezra at left guard? Yeah, I've heard this before. I, I, I'm, I'm going to answer it this way. 
too small of a sample size to compare Ezra and and Walker Little, you know, in what I would consider real game time, so not the last, you know, 15 plays or so when the game's over and they're just running it. Um, I think Ezra only had the one, the one series. Did he do a good With job? With the starters. With the starters, that's what I'm saying. Did he do a good job? Absolutely. Look fine. I, I think it's way too early to start messing around and playing musical chairs with the offensive line at this point. I'm not saying you don't in the future. Let's see how it goes. They're 7-3. and three. Well, they clearly are considering it if they're rotating them in. Well, I think they're looking at stuff, yeah. But I don't think it's time, and I would not bench the rookie either. He's your right tackle. I, would, I, would, I wouldn't bench the rookie either. He's yeah. your right tackle. Would, First round pick tackle. Yeah, you don't bench um, him. But if, but if Walker Little, you could make a change there. You would make a change right now, Pete? I wouldn't. I would not. I wouldn't. No. I would not either. I. Uh, here's the other thing. Cam wasn't great on Sunday either. He was okay. He was solid. I thought he was solid. I love Cam. I love his physicality. He's, he has a toughness he brings to the group. It drives me crazy, though. He has one bad habit that drives me crazy. He drops that back foot at times and shortens the corner. And he so, he is so talented, so athletic. He does not need to do it. I think it's just a bad habit. And uh, when he does when he does that, that like even there's some pr- it leads to pressure, but not it, okay. There were no sacks, but it leads to like up the field pressure. Yeah, it, it forces, it shortens the corner, so it it gives the perception or it's real that there's pressure off the backside and forces Trevor to move around. And what should he do? Not drop his back foot, just punch yeah, and I'm, extend the guy like. It's a, pass blocking is all about angles. Like you can, right. you can make you can put a, a a defensive end in a bind just by the way you set before you, anything it, happens because you take away the angles. Why would that become a habit? Why would that become a habit? Is it just did he get? Is uh, who knows? Something like that. As your as a left tackle, what I mean, it, like it, back it, in the it, day, it could be a it could be. I haven't talked to Cam about it for a while. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever specifically brought it up because I tend not to bring those things up with guys unless they want they ask me. Um, because Phil Rauscher is a great coach, and I guarantee you he's talking about it. Um, I think it can be out of uh, like you're maybe you're afraid of the power, so you're dropping to get anchor, and then it just turns into a habit. I'm not sure. Um, listen, we all have habits. I mean, I would watch all the time. I'm like, ooh, that's a bad one. <laughs> Don't want to do that again. Um. But that's one, and he just puts himself in such a he puts himself in tough situations he doesn't need to because he's so talented. And it's the only way you break that is you know through a lot of repetition, a lot of repetition on the practice field by yourself working through it. Tony, explain uh, to the to people what the drop in the foot means. I mean, because so it sounds he's like a, yeah he's a left tackle, so he drops his left foot, his outside foot, right. and so the key is is you want to force. Number one, you want to be inside out all the time because uh, the shortest distance to the quarterback is a straight line, which is right through your inside shoulder. And so you want to you want to stay inside out, take away the inside. And when you set, you want to make the guy run the long hump, meaning make him go the long way. And so the square you can set, the square you can set, and the longer you can keep your hips and shoulders square or parallel to the line of scrimmage, the longer the route that guy's going to have to take. But as soon as you drop that back foot, 
it forces Put it your, behind you. you put it putting behind his, you. It opens your hips right. and shoulders, and now all of a sudden right. you've shortened that corner. You can cut you the become angle. narrow. Yeah, you, you become you narrow, don't, and so you don't play big. And Cam is so athletic, and he has great length. Um, the just fixing that one thing would make him that much more difficult to beat. And he's a good tackle. I mean, Cam's a good left tackle. And that's a big body if he's square. Oh to gosh. Screw it around. Yeah. And so a lot of times you get into things where you don't even feel it because it's a thing of comfort. Whatever is triggers that, whether mental, because a lot of times it's just mental. If you're worried about, like a lot of times, no one likes to get bull rushed. And so I would have to, a bad habit I'd have, I'd start leaning if I was afraid of the bull. And so I would have to tell myself, and I have little keywords like trust it, you know, or whatever, as I'm going to line of scrimmage. And basically what I was telling myself is, who don't worry about getting bold. And what I found when I didn't worry about getting bold and just reacted to it and just did my technique, I had no issues. When I was worried about getting bold, I would start leaning and everything else went out the window because my technique, because my hips would get high, I'd get lose my balance, I wasn't as athletic, all the things. And I made, I, I mean, there was like, there would be a, a series where I get to the side, I'm like, I made that way harder than it had to be. Like, when you get back out there, idiot, this is all me talking to myself right, now. Right, right, right. Hey, idiot. And I use a different word I can't use on the radio. Like, just go do your job. Just trust your technique. Tony, the, the dropping of the foot, is that why when you see linemen practicing all the time, they're practicing their shuttle like in, like an individual? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? The jump you, yeah, you want to practice your sets. And like you have as a tackle, right. you can have multiple sets. You have a jump set. You can have like right. A, right. A, a flatter set where you're, you feel right. like you're not worried about the speed. You want to uh, widen the pocket. You can right. have a vertical set against a, maybe a faster individual. And you can have all different kinds of sets. And right. I would try to use change it up during the game. You know, I always viewed it as almost like a pitcher. You don't want to just throw fastballs all the time because even, you know, if you have a great fastball, sooner or later they time it up, it's mm-hmm. it's gone. But um, dropping your foot, you're not – none of those are working. No, like you don't want – like you never right. want to drop your foot. Right. Um, And and he doesn't do it – or like some, it's usually at contact when he punches is when he – if he's going to – if he drops it. It's not like it's every play, but it's too often. Right. That's when it happens. So – I don't know how we got there from the question about Walker. No, 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 you offer such good insight on the position. Obviously, you're Hall of Famer. It's good to hear it. I mean, it's good to hear the analysis of that. I, I, I mean, I find it uh, really uh, educational for me, and I'm sure the fans out there want to hear it too. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, you know, um, but back to the question, I would not make any changes this week. I wouldn't either right now. None. No. You want to rep Ezra, so if something's going wrong, he's ready to go. I mean, the luxury you have with mm-hmm. Ezra. I wouldn't. I wouldn't rep him in the middle of games unless you were no, considering. No, no. I'm not saying. I'm game. saying all week, Pete, during practice. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, because here's the the luxury you have. If something happens to either guards, you have a starting caliber guy on the bench. Not ma- not many caliber. not many teams have that, Pete, where they have a starting caliber offensive lineman on the bench. No, and they have a starting caliber tackle on, uh, that's available too. Because if if something went that's right. to go wrong with one of the tackles, he could play either one of the tackles. You could put Cleveland in it. That's exactly so right. You, you have you have flexibility. I, I get why they got him. Next question at Tony B's henchman. What is I the like key it. for the defense to slow down C.J. Stroud this week? It's the same as every <laughs> quarterback. Hit him. 
Pressure him. Move him off his spot. Don't let him get comfortable because he is he has an elite arm. And from what I've seen, he has elite accuracy. And if you give him time back there, he's going to find someone and, and he's going to try to s- stick it in there. And he's been pretty good at sticking it where he wants it right now. As far well, as he's stuck in the he's stuck in the Cardinals' stomach three times on uh, on Sunday. That's right. He's not like like everyone. This is what you do to everyone else's quarterback when someone gets hot. Like you act like they're infallible. Right. I mean, the guy's a rookie still. And I, I will say this, Tony. Though, all my years covering this league, it's hard for me to remember a rookie quarterback that makes it look so effortless and easy as he does when he makes those big throws. What about Marino when he was a rookie? That's the one. And I, I, I don't want to say it. I've said it before. We've been sitting in our green room and I've said that before and people go, oh my God, how can you say that? Because I know where you, how you feel about Marino. He's the one that comes to mind. That's how easy and effortless it is for him to throw the football. And so you, ha- you have to hit him. I mean, if you go back to the first game, we didn't get close. No. Josh Allen got hurt during that game. That's a sh- where he hurt his shoulder. This was a different team. And so the formula is no different than any other team. Stop the run, hit the quarterback. Yep. And, you, and you, do you blitz them? Do you blitz them? Take, uh, I, well, I mean, I didn't call one I of thought, them. Like, they came after Levis yesterday with all kinds of blitzes. That was that was impressive. Yeah, I think this this defense is in a much better place. In a, uh, more When I say better, further along. Then right. obviously week three, as you would expect. Um, but, yeah, it's no secret. I mean, he's a very good player. He's still a rookie. But he's another one, Pete. I'll give him credit. He reminds me of Trevor as how, how he handles the media. Like, I've seen some interviews with him in some press conferences. I'm like, okay, this is a mature dude. Well, like he said after the game yesterday, he said – I'm like, you know, Steph Curry doesn't stop shooting a shot when he misses some. He goes, I threw some interceptions, but doesn't mean I'm going to stop shooting my shot. I, 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 that's what I want to hear. I want to hear that. Yeah, I've been impressed with him. He's a really good player. And yep. this defense has its hands full because they're, they're, they're putting up points. They're moving the ball. Now the Carl- Any chance Campbell plays? Huh? Any chance Campbell plays? I don't know. That's a good question. Well, Tyson, yeah. The hamstring? That's a good question. And they got. And that, I'll be honest with you. Brown played pretty well on Sunday, but now you're talking about going against a, a, a guy who's really throwing the football, and they got some weapons on that team. Well, that Tank Dell oh can absolutely God. fly. Oh He's a rookie too. He yeah. can fly. My goodness, where would he come from? What round was he picked in? Two. Golly. Was it or three? I'll tell you what. There's a certain a couple receiver coaches in this league that thought he was the best receiver in the draft class. Really? Yeah. When I was leading up to the draft process, I loved that he was on one of my. You know, I do that team of better guys I like better than the scouts. He was one of them. Third round, third round pick out of the University yeah. of Houston. Third rounder. Yep. Started, he was his third. Well, he's school. little. Yeah. He's tiny. So he's out of Daytona Beach. By his height. Went to Mainland High School. The Daytona. dude can fly. Well, there were two. There were. You know what's funny, JP? You say he went to Mainland High School. There were two guys on my better than team that were little small receivers that I liked. One went to Mandarin High School. Ah. Place for the Patriot, Demario Douglas. How about that? How's he doing, Pete? Uh, recently, very well. Their offense stinks, but he's starting to make plays for them <laughs> in a big way. He's going to be a really good one too. Let's get They're one little, more. Though. Let's get one more question in uh, before we call it a night uh, on the questions at TServe07. Why do we get the negative vibes by our own media despite being seven and three? It's always a but because that's what the media is supposed to do. If you're being honest. 
I mean, that's, that's what everybody's supposed to do. No, that's but just the way we, what are you supposed to do no, after no. they got their ass kicked by the 49ers? No, Come no, on. but Pete, I think it's the, I, let me say it differently. And I think our and I love our media and all the local media. Their job's not to be fans, even though sometimes right. they act like fans, and that's what drives me crazy. Um, their job is to be objective individuals who report on what is happening with the team. Not to cheer them on, you know, or be fans or call it as they see it. And, you know, listen, I, we talked about this a lot. We talked about it earlier. Pete used to drive me crazy. Him and Osher had this dang grading system. <laughs> and we would win. No, it was me. It wasn't him because he would never do it. It was me. He was scared. Osher was scared. And a good, better person than Pete. Um Wow, <laughs> man, that's a shot. <laughs> oh. uh, you Ooh. know I'm joking, Pete. But um, and they'd ha- he'd have this grades and we'd win, and he'd be like, "Oh, offensive line C minus." I'm like, "Hey, kiss my, you know what, C minus." But at the end of the day, that's his job. His job is was to report on the team, develop storylines, what's going on, and call balls and strikes at some level of what was happening. That's their job. They're not, you know his me, job is not to be me, a fan. No, and you know me, JP. This team could win a Super Bowl in, in, in February. Oh, he'll pick and it apart. The show we have the next day, I will criticize some decisions. Boy, they ran too many bubble screens in the Super Bowl. Two. Too many bubble screens in the Super Bowl win. Too many, they, you know. too many bubble screens. Yeah. 22 they won. bubble screens in the Super Bowl. They won, but they still ran too many of them. They won, <laughs> they won by 21, but I don't like the trick play on the goal line. Yeah, fourth and four. Shouldn't have gone for it. I mean, <laughs> Wow. Fanatics fan questions are in. Thank you for all the submissions today. Grab your hats and get ready for a good time. Everbank Stadium welcomes country music legend George Strait with Chris Stapleton and Little Big Town May 11th, 2024. Tickets on sale now. For more, visit everbankstadium.com. Tony, are you getting a suite for that one? Can I come? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I got tickets already. You did? Yes. Actually, I did. My sister got them. Wow. Yeah. It's her uh, It's her 50th birthday in May. And so she wanted uh, – her husband got tickets for her and and invited us. So I haven't told him yet as I'm only going if we get a suite, but we'll figure that out <laughs> later. <laughs> you got a few months. You got a few to, months to, to figure that, that out. I got, I got to talk to some people. Around the some NFL. Some of my people. When we come back, it's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings from the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center. It's a happy place today after a Jaguars win. It should not, be. Not well, over the top, though. I mean, they just handled their business. Well, because here's I, I go back to what I said. It's not like cartwheels down the hall or anything. They, should, just, be, they yeah. should beat that team. They're better than that team. Than the Titans. The, the Titans. And they beat the you-know-what out of them. And guess what? Tony just totally dissed the win all week. Uh, just like, yeah, just push this aside. Yeah. We don't need to talk about this it. This is the homecoming game. game. We're on to, you know. Hmm. This like is Alabama's big... schedule. What when they have that cupcake every year in November? What is that they play? It's like I'm Chattanooga. Gonna, I Chattanooga. I, I got to be honest with you, because I hate the Titans so much. It feels good. That, it feels good to uh, completely dismiss them. As like, eh. That was easy. Move on. 
I mean, kind of see feel Vrabel like, today. He's like, yeah, they're they're a better coach team. They're a better team than us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, whoa, all right. And we are. And guess what? And after we're going to go beat the Texans this week. We're better team. You than locked they are. it already, Pete. I did didn't. you officially lock it, or was that just? I officially locked. It's locked. Okay, double lock. Double checking the double lock. That's out there now. There's no coming off that, by the way. And by the way, no. after we beat them, it's not like let's not have a parade. No, because we're eight and three. We the Bengals at home, though, without Joe. The, but my point is, Pete, this team, I love. They go one at a time, one one week seasons, and that's how oh, you have to think. Stop. Hold on, let me finish, Pete. <laughs> that's how you have to think if you're in that locker room. The three of us don't have to think that way. No, we can look ahead. Darn right. And you go win this week, which we will, because when we double lock, it's done. It's over. Except that one time. Don't bring that up. It's over. It's in the past. <laughs> We're looking forward. We're looking forward. It has nothing to do with the future. Um, but you get to eight and three. Now your sights are on the number one seed. Now the problem with that is you have you lost the tiebreaker, so you need them to lose two, and you got to go undefeated. And that'll be hard. You got to beat Baltimore. Yeah. Sunday night football at the bank. First time since '08. It's be awesome. I can't, I just love winning. I love when we're good. I love it all. And I can't. I I like this is probably as excited as I've been this year for a football game. This week. This Sunday. This Sunday. Jaguars Texans. Like I I'm going back to like that last game Tennessee game. Like I was so excited for that in the playoffs. I was like oh I mean playoffs you're always excited. But I think this is the this is the most excited I've been about football this year. Well, because Kansas City was so early. Yeah, it was early. Everyone was Buffalo, getting so you were unsure. You were unsure about the team, so you didn't know what they were, and you, maybe you know it was over there, so it wasn't you didn't know. You know what I mean? You didn't know how good Jack, Jackson. You, there was concern about Jacksonville at that point, and now they're playing better. At least last week they did. You're playing a good team on the road. For the division, basically, I think it's the division title in my book. I don't know if it's the division title, but I know I'm excited for it. And it's a huge game. Yeah, huge game. Still huge a lot of football game. after the fact. Sure, there's Important a lot of football, games. but it's huge. Yes. This is a you huge two game. two-game lead with splitting the series. That's I mean, and here's the thing. Yep. And so, we eight and three, that means you have six games left. Mm-hmm. Only one of those games are a division game. That's right, the last, last game. You could be resting guys by then. I mean – Gosh, it's exciting. What if they rested guys in Nashville, week eighteen? I'm, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna rest too. <laughs> I gotta get ready for it. You'd rather have a chance for the one seed, though. Yeah, because if you're resting, that right. means you're that means you're, you're locked in. Locked you're locked into the two. Well, maybe they're locked. Three. No, you're, you're locked, locked into the uh, probably, lo- or you could be locked into the two or yeah, three. Two, two or three. Yeah. Yeah. Locked into one. And that means the Chiefs have to lose like three. Yeah, games. that ain't happening. But their schedule's tough, though. Yeah. That schedule starts like, tonight, Monday Night Football. It's a rematch <laughs> of Super Bowl 57 from February. Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles at 8-1 and one meet Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs at 7-2. and two. No Taylor Swift tonight, a scheduling change in Brazil. Who you got at Arrowhead? You know what? I hate the NFC because I'm an AFC guy. I've been my whole career. But I'm rooting hard for those Eagles tonight. Let's go, Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> and who do you think's winning? 
Where is it at? It's in Philly, right? It's an Arrowhead. No, you didn't listen to what I just said? It's no, an Arrowhead. I, I was actually I was only listening for you to mess up, and once you didn't, I didn't pay attention. Um, Taylor Swift in Arrowhead. Arrowhead. I'm I'm going I'm going Eagles. I think the Eagles win. I'm taking the I'm taking the Chiefs. They have the better defense. They'll, they'll win the game. All right, the picks are. Pete, in. you have not been very good on picking Monday Night Football this year. What are you talking about? I've been really good. No, you haven't. You've been wrong a bunch. Who do we Who do we have last week? I'll I don't remember. I just feel like you've been wrong a lot. <laughs> I can't actually no. remember, and I have no proof to that. No, I statement. would tell you if I'm wrong. The Monday I, Night I game was Broncos Bills. That's why I all got it wrong. Yeah, I got that one wrong. Bills. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Told you got it wrong. Right. Did you get that one right? No. Okay. I've been wrong too because I've been going with you. Week before that, it was Chargers at Jets. Got that one right. Week before that, week eight, the Monday night game was Lions hosting the Raiders. Got that one right. Week seven, Monday night, was uh, 49ers losing on the road in Minnesota. You got that one wrong. I got that one got wrong. Got that one wrong. Both so did you. Yeah. Two. <laughs> two of Everyone the last I four. got wrong, you got wrong. So oh, I, just, I just said that, Pete. I said, how you asked how I was doing, have been doing. I said, not good because I followed you. Well, you go four. before me, so how could you follow me? Eh, I'm you're, not sure. You're five. <laughs> you're both. This JP, you turn to him and get his pick, and then I give my pick. So I, yeah, I don't go before him. This sounds good, Pete. Just go with it. <laughs> you're both 500 over the last month on Monday nights. See if you can get above it tonight. Pete Briscoe down in South Florida. Happy Thanksgiving, bud. Have a good one. Happy Bye. Thanksgiving, Petey. You have fun with the family, Tony. Thank you, sir. Pete Briscoe, Tony Baselli. Our thanks to Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, I'm JP Shadrick. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. It is Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings.